Welcome to episode 158 of the Professional Book Nerd Podcast, presented by Overdrive. Adam was making weird hand <laughs> gesture. The latest edition of starting off the podcast with Adam being weird. Um, Pretty much. I'm excited. This is not only is our my favorite thing we do every month, but this is like it's like Parks and Recreation treat yourself level, like best day of the year because October. Yes, October's got a lot of books. Okay. So, first off, professional book nerds, hi. You, you, you downloaded the podcast, so you know that's what you're listening to. It's Adam and Jill. It's probably not your first time listening to us. If it is... Welcome. Off to a great start. Really. <laughs> um, Good job, you. Yeah. So, we are going to go through our biggest books coming out in October. Uh, we're going to go back and forth like we always do. I ha- We have so many. There are so many. So... It's, Somebody mentioned, a few people have mentioned online about how they like, actually, when we talk about stuff that isn't book-related, too, which is awesome, <laughs> uh, there's no time in this episode to no, do that. No, we don't have any time. We're going to get right into the books, but uh, if, while you're listening to this, you want to reach out to us, reach out to us, how can people do that? They can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ProBookNerds, and if you're not following us on Instagram, you totally should this week, because it's Banned Books Week, and yeah. we have sorts of fun graphics happening um so that's pro book nerds on twitter and instagram and then you can email us at professional book nerds at overdrive.com yeah and i'd really love you guys all to do that especially this month because again we both had to cut off our list because there were so many but there's so many more books that we're not mentioning um in our lists here that i'd love to hear what everyone else is excited to read this month so uh the rules are as follows. Every month, we will go back and forth with our lists. We did not tell each other what our what's on our lists, respectively. Except for one. Except for one. We'll start with that one. When yeah, we, get we to can it. just start with that one if you want. Yeah. Um, but we'll go back and forth, and we'll tell you all about a bunch of our favorite books. Uh, as always, all of these books are going to be in our show notes, so don't frantically write them down. Every single book that's in our show notes can be clicked through to overdub.com, so you can see the book and you can find out if your libraries have those books. That all the. If deets. they don't, some libraries allow you to recommend books. So if you um, click over to your library and they don't own the book, scroll down a little bit and they might give you an option to recommend it. Yes. All right. So just go ahead and cover our bases. Just do the one that we both have. Uh, so, Uncommon Type by Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks! <laughs> Cleveland Lovin, Tom Hanks, right. has a book of short stories coming out this month. Cleveland's native-ish son. Native-ish. Not actually from Cleveland originally. No. But before he was famous Tom Hanks, he was acting in plays and stuff, Tom Hanks, and he was doing all those things in Cleveland, so. He was, so. Yay, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Good job. Okay, I don't really think we need to go into any more detail about no, that No, I feel, I feel, I have a couple on that. Yeah. Like that, but, um, yeah. Yeah, I have, a, I have a few as well that are just like, you know, here's. Speak for themselves, actually, kind of. Yeah, I'll just I'll just do one of my speak for yourselves ones. This is a young adult fiction, and it also falls under folklore, which I'm very into right now. Uh, Mistress of All Evil: A Tale of the Dark Fairy. So this is by Serena Valentino, um, and it's part of her villain series. If I think we might have talked about this a few uh, months oh, back. Maybe. Yeah. So basically, what Serena is doing is she's going through a bunch of old. I uh, shouldn't say old, a bunch of previous Disney villains and telling stories from their side of the story. So this one is Maleficent. Um, yes. Again, so basically it's Maleficent's side of the story. 
It looks like right now on overdrive.com we have the audiobook and not the ebook at the moment, but we have all the ebooks for this is the fourth book in the series. We have all the other ebooks, so I'm guessing it might just be a metadata thing. Yeah. And the publisher will be sending it to us shortly. But I've also been into audiobooks in a real big way lately, so I might just listen to the audiobook. So and the picture of Maleficent on it is fresh. I was at the mall yesterday and I went to the Disney store and they, As one does. And <laughs> They had little kids, Maleficent and Evil Queen Halloween costumes. And I was so jelly. Like, where were those, like, 25 years ago? Did you put that on Instagram or I Twitter? did. Okay, I saw it. I was it. so mad. I mean, no, I think it's awesome. But I was like, why? I would have worn those. What? I know. I'm sorry. Sorry about your loss, Joe. It's fine. Um, okay. So my Speaks for Itself book would be Origin by Dan Brown. Mm-hmm. This is, of course, um, Robert... Langdon series, you know, The Da Vinci Code is the really big one. Um, But his next book is out. And from what I can gather, um, I believe it has something to do with, um, I think, like Darwin's origin of species, I think. Oh, that's really cool. I think. I'm actually not sure. But um, something he att- Robert Langdon attends the Guggenheim um, to attend a major announcement, the unveiling of a discovery that will change the face of science forever. Hey, hey Jill. Um, yeah. You know who plays Robert Langdon in the oh my movies? God. <laughs> I totally forgot. I was all waiting about for that. you to make a Tom Hanks reference here. <laughs> oh my god! I totally forgot all about that. Yes, he does. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like people are going to get angry. I feel like this is going to be a loud episode. We're both really excited. Sorry, I had to move away from the mic for that one. I totally... Um, no, you're good. Okay, anyway, so yeah. So, Origin, Dan Brown, mm-hmm. and Robert Langdon. I have another kind of speaks for itself one. Uh, Philip Pullman is starting a new trilogy. It's... Uh, so, this one, it's... I think the trilogy, it's going to be called La Belle Sauvage, the Book of Dust trilogy. The first one is called The Book of Dust. Um, it's literally like a companion trilogy to the Golden Compass books, which are ridiculously They're good. They're so good. Yeah. So um, if you're familiar with uh, his Dark Materials trilogy, this is going to be a companion trilogy, three work, uh, three books again. Um, I didn't even really read the, like what the book's about. I stopped at his dark materials companion yeah, trilogy and i was like pretty much. good checking it off the list <laughs> so yeah that's you know ain't philip holman he's a childhood one of mine so um a book i'm excited i can actually finally talk about because it's coming out finally <laughs> i mean read it like way back when <laughs> is um homicide for the holidays by cheryl uh Hottingford. um her she writes a 1930s radio land mystery series this is the second book our friends at source books this was the one like way back in march i was just like walking by your desk and you had just gotten (laughs) you had just gotten a box of books Uh from source books and i saw it and i immediately grabbed it and i read it that weekend and it's so good um the i just want to point out not to cut you off jill was so excited about this she read a christmas book in the spring i did which is amazing yeah i read a christmas book in the spring um the first book in the series the darkness knows was one of my top picks um, of 2016 when I was on NPR. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Good hair flip to no one else who could see it. Yes, Jill, so, you were on NPR and I wasn't. It's fine. It's fine. So that it's would fine. be <laughs> Homicide for the Holidays. 
and read the first one, The Darkness Knows. Yeah. Uh, my next one is It Devours by Joseph Fink and Jeffrey Cranor. Or Cranor, I don't remember how to say his last name. It's a Welcome to the Night Vale novel. Uh, so this one, I'm just going to kind of read you guys a little quick uh, snippet of it. So from the authors of the New York Times bestselling novel, Welcome to the Night Vale, and the creators of the number one international podcast of the same name comes a mystery exploring the intersections of faith and science, the growing relationship between two young people who want desperately to trust each other and the t- and the terrifying toothy power of the smiling God. Um, it kind of falls under a little bit of horror and fantasy, which most of mine this month are because mm-hmm. it's October. And if, again... If you have been friends with me on Goodreads for any amount of time, you'll know that the last couple months I've been almost exclusively in those genres. That was on my list. Yes. You haven't named any on my list other than Tom Hanks yet, I'm just saying. Um, Next up is... Hidden Seat by Gregory Maguire. That was you know that was on my list. I That's know definitely why you said it. That is exactly why I said Good it because I knew it was on your list. Um, so Gregory Maguire is of course the author of Wicked and um, Confessions of an Ugly Stepsister. He sort of takes these fairy tales or or very old tales and kind of puts a twist on them. And this one is um, about the Nutcracker. Yes, I. So my wife adores the nutcracker she grew up listening to it um we have gone to see it when it's in cleveland uh the actual show several times uh, as soon as thanksgiving comes and goes her like you'll, she'll just wander around just humming <laughs> you know uh the actual music uh, she has she's gonna hate me if she listens to this we have in our house during the holidays no less than 25 nutcrackers they are sparkly they are dressed up they are absurd so i sent her the link to this book and before her first response was just pre-ordered it (laughs) i'm so excited for this Um, does she like jazz she does so duke ellington has a a jazz version of the nutcracker music really Mm -hmm. Uh, i think it's somewhat hard to find um but yeah it's the nutcracker duke ellington the names are sort of plan words of each other. My favorite one from the album is the Sugar Rum Cherry, <laughs> which is That's a plan. Good. Yeah, it's really fun. It's it's fun. So That's sorry, mild awesome. tangent. But anyway, okay. <laughs> Moving on. Yep, you're up. Oh no, no, I'm up. Oh, you're up. I'm up. That was, yeah. Um, I'm. Uh, you might have this one too. Dunbar. Mm-mm. Nice. So Edward Saint. I want to say Aubin. A U B Y N. Uh, Almost, but did not put it on. This is one of the Hogarth Shakespeare series books. So um, if you're not familiar with the Hogarth Shakespeare series, uh, a bunch of fantastic authors the last, like, two years or so have been taking classic Shakespeare plays and retelling them. And this one is King Lear. Uh, So it's not going to be happy, (laughs) but I'm very, very excited for it. Um, All of these have been... Really, really good. Um, Hag Seed, and I shouldn't have started naming Vinegar Girl. Vinegar Girl. Um, I know I shouldn't. I, I shouldn't have started naming them because I knew I wasn't going to know them all. But um, there's a bunch. There's a bunch. So, and we have them all on Overdrive.com as they come out. But yeah, this one is Dunbar, and again, it's it's King Lear. So, <laughs> grab some tissues. 
Uh, I have Where the Past Begins by Amy Tan. It is her writer memoir. So Amy Tan, of course, is the author of The Joy Luck Club, among many, many other books. She deals a lot with um, Asian American and immigrants and family relationships. And so she has her uh, writer memoir coming out. Yes. I believe she was also in the band with Greg Isles and Stephen King. She sure she sure was. <laughs> hey, Stephen. Anytime you want to come on, man. Talked about you with Greg. Did a special episode about your movie. I know you're busy right now. <laughs> having a moment again. <laughs> but we're just over here waiting for you. Um, my next one, I've talked about it a, f- a few times. Long Way Down by Jason Reynolds. So it's finally coming out now. Uh, it's on the... Here's how you know you wrote, you wrote a good book. It gets put on the National Book Award long list before it even comes out. Uh, yeah. It is so good. You can read it in like an hour. It's this novel that takes place over 60 seconds. Um, this kid is going down an elevator trying to decide whether or not he wants to avenge his brother's death, which happened the day before. It's so good. Everything Jason Reynolds does is incredibly good. And, spoiler alert, I think he's going to be on the podcast in the near future because we're doing some stuff with him for an event that he's going to be at. So if that gets confirmed, I'm pretty sure it will be, you'll get to hear me fawn awkwardly over someone while I talk to them. Jason Reynolds, long way down. My pick for young adult uh, National Book Award winner. Just saying. There you go. Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking of Stephen King. His uh, his son, Joe Hill, has a collection of short stories called Strange Weather coming out. Um, Yeah, last month we talked about Stephen King and his son Owen King having a book come out September. And now his other son, Joe Hill, uh, has is written multiple books. Um, The Fireman, uh, Heart-Shaped Box, um, Something About Snow. Something about snow? I'm not sure. I don't remember. I think there's something about snow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe it's something about snow. I'm not going to look it up because my computer doesn't have internet right now. <laughs> so anyway, so this is a collection of, uh, well, it says, I mean, a collection of four four chilly novels. Um, I think it's classified as four stories. It might be more like novellas, which Stephen King has done himself, obviously, with different seasons and others. Chilling is a really good descriptive word. I like when books are described as chilling. Pretty much. Enjoy that. Um, My next one is called What the Hell Did I Just Read? It's the third book in the John Dies at the End series. Yeah, I really like these books. Uh, They are kind of graphic novel-y. They're by David Wong. Uh, And this one... They're described by the New York uh, by the New York Times as black humored thriller series, um, but the description that it starts off with this is just fantastic marketing. It's the story they don't want you to read. Though to be fair, they are probably right about this one. To quote the Bible, learning the truth can be like loosening a necktie, only to realize it was the only thing keeping your head attached. I don't think that's in the Bible. Uh, no, don't put this back, this book back on the shelf. It is now your duty to purchase it to prevent others from reading it. Yes, it works with ebooks too. I don't have time to explain how. That's like the opening the description. They go a full paragraph without describing what the book is about at all. Um, but I'll let you guys dive into what it is about because it's it, it looks really interesting and um, again falls under horror. Which there you that's, go. That's where my jam is right now. Um, Periods Gone Public by Jennifer Weiss Wolf. 
Um, Jennifer is known as a menstruation activist. She um, has written a lot um, about how uh, about like period equality and making sure um, third world countries and versus like first world countries and then just how these things are always being sort of like shrouded in taboo and, and superstition and, and she's sort of making it a conversation that people are more open to talking about. Um, this actually comes from the same publisher as my book and I was at ALA and they had um, copies of it as ARCs and I was so excited because I've been wanting to read for so long and <laughs> the bookmark, this cracks me up, um, this is good marketing, but the bookmark that was in the ARC could apparently be used as a tampon. I have not oh, tried. That's great marketing. Didn't try, still have it, but that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, the guy like working in the booth of of Skyhorse was like made sure to point this out to me. I was like, all right, thanks, guy. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, I have one that I'm. I, I this is gonna be so good. Uh, from a certain point of view, it's the star. It's the Star Wars collection of forty short stories. What? You haven't heard about this? No. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So okay, from a certain point of view, what was that laugh I just did? Weird. I'm so excited for this month's books. Okay, from a certain point of view, uh, it's a Star Wars collection of books. I'm just going to read off. A, so it's 40 different short stories set in the Star Wars universe. I feel like I don't have to explain what the Star Wars universe is to people. I just want to drop some uh, a couple of people who have written stories for this. Meg Cabot, previously on the show. Pierce Brown. Yeah. Will Wheaton. Zoraida Cordova, previously on the show. Uh, Jason Fry. Alexander Freed, uh, Griffin McElroy of My Brother, My Brother and Me fame. Not on the show previously, but would sure like him. Uh, is it Sabah Tahir? I believe. I, like, there are so many ridiculous people that have written stories for this. And I'm so excited. I don't excited. know how I missed this. I don't know how I missed it either. Zoraida was, uh, Zoraida announced, well, when it got announced, Zoraida mentioned it. Zoraida Cordova, um, previous on the show a couple times. Uh, she mentioned it amongst her like slew of I'm writing a story for Star Wars also Disney is making one of my I'm making m- books for Disney also I have a movie coming out because she's living her best life so. pretty much um let's see what do I have uh, other world by Jason Siegel and Kristen Miller damn it <laughs> okay go ahead talk about it um just like that, Jason Siegel, by the way, to get that out of the way from How I Met Your Mother. Um, for fans of Black Mirror and HBO's Westworld, sold. I don't need to go any further, mm-hmm. but I will. Um, and readers of James Dasher and Veronica Roth, Otherworld is the first book in the New York Times bestselling author's new YA sci-fi thriller series. The future is now, and the future is terrifying. BuzzFeed says, full of high-stakes thrillers and fantastic twists and turns, fans of Ready Player One are sure to love this addictive read. This description should literally just say, hey, Jill and Adam of the Professional Book Nerds, we have a book for you. Yeah, pretty much. So, um. Not for nothing. The cover is gorgeous, too. It is. I know. Have you put this one on hold yet? Yes. I should be doing this while we're doing it. I'm going to do it when I get back to my desk. (laughs) Speaking of books that are going to need to be on hold because you're going to need to wait a long time for them, Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. Um, I'll I'll read the brief description that they have, but, I mean, it's a YA novel by John Green. So, 16-year-old Aza never intended to pursue the mystery of fugitive billionaire Russell Pickett. 
but there's a $100,000 reward at stake and her best and most fearless friend, Daisy, best and most fearless friend is capitalized, is eager to investigate. So together they navigate the short distance and broad divides that separate them from Russell Pickett's son, David, sorry, Davis. Aza is trying. She is trying to be a good daughter, a good friend, a good student, and maybe even a good detective while also living within the ever-tightening spiral of her own thoughts in his long-awaited return. John Green, the acclaimed award-winning author of Looking for Alaska and the Fault in Our Stars, shares Oz's story with shattering, unflinching clarity in the brilliant novel of love, resilience, and power of lifelong friendships. This will be... It'll sell a trillion copies, and I'm sure it will be wonderful. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, I have uh, Fresh Complaint by Jeffrey Eugenides. He, this is a short story collection. This is the author of The Virgin Suicides, which is one of my absolute favorite books ever. Um, and I just love his writing. So short story collection from him now. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I have one that I think we're both excited about. The World of Lore by Aaron Mankey. So Lore is... One of, I would say, my favorite podcasts ever, uh, and it's one of a lot of people's favorite podcasts ever. Uh, it's becoming a streaming series on Amazon pretty soon. Uh, so if, if you're not familiar, if you listen to podcasts, I assume you're familiar with lore. <laughs> but in case you're not, uh, Aaron Mankey takes uh, basically like myths and legends and stories from all around the world um, think about like Salem witch, Salem witch trials, which is a thing that obviously actually happened and is well documented. Or like, where do leprechauns come from? Um, like those types of stories. And he basically just presents them on a podcast, very straightforward. Um, he writes what people say. He doesn't embellish it. He doesn't make exaggerations. It's not like ancient aliens where he kind of assumes. Right. Um, it became a phenomenon and. I, this kind of dives deeper into a lot of the monsters and things that are in his stories, and it's illustrated, which I'm excited about. Um, and this is going to be the first of a series of, of books about it. I'm really excited. Um, I think, actually, speaking of people, I believe he's coming on our podcast in the near future, too, which is awesome. So I can dork out another time. So, but yeah, the, the World of Lore, Monstrous Creatures by Aaron Mankey. Okay, I have Manhattan Beach by Jennifer Egan. I'm going to apologize. I told Adam I had like a complete deja vu about this title because I swear to God I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I cannot find it anywhere. <laughs> so maybe I talked about it and like missed it in the show notes. I don't know. Anyway, so um, Anna is nearly 12 years old and she accompanies her father to visit Dexter Styles, a man who she gleans is crucial to the survival of her father and her family. She's mesmerized by the sea beyond the house and by some charged mystery between the two men. Years later, her father has disappeared and the country is at war. Anna works at the Brooklyn uh, Naval Yard, where women are allowed to hold jobs that once belonged to men, now soldiers abroad. She becomes the first female diver, the most dangerous and exclusive of occupations, repairing the ships that will help America win the war. One evening at a nightclub, she meets Dexter Stiles again and begins to understand the complexity of her father's life and the reasons he might have vanished. If you talked about it, I wasn't here. Okay. You did. I swear I have, but I'm making that up. So... Manhattan Beach, Jennifer Egan. No, wait, no, you See, did. I'm wondering. I think I did. So I don't what know did we talk about it for? It would have been an October release. Unless it was pushed. It's possible I talked about it back in September and it got pushed. 
but I couldn't find it in the show notes unless I totally missed it. Hmm. <laughs> Went back and checked. Well, guys, read it twice. <laughs> uh, my next one is Waiting for the Punch by Mark Maron. Uh, Mark Maron, speaking of ridiculously large podcasts like Lore, uh, Mark Maron's WTF is, I, it might, I'm not, I don't know the official numbers, but it might be the most popular podcast in the world. Uh, Mark Maron sits down with people and just interviews them. And they're really straightforward and wonderful interviews. Uh, he's done people, like, he has sat down with, you know, Barack Obama um, and Bruce Springsteen and Amy Schumer and all sorts of wonderful people. And he just has these long conversations with them. Uh, Mark Maron is a stand-up comedian, which is what he was well-known for before his podcast world. And um, he, he just... He's this guy who's incredibly successful, but he also remains very like unsure of himself, and he is very open about how he feels emotionally about things on stage, and um, that's what a lot of these conversations turn out to be. Uh, and so a lot of this book is going to be kind of diving through some of those conversations and what he learned and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, I was fortunate enough to get a copy of this at BEA several months ago, and I've been waiting to let other people know about it. For a long time, so waiting for the punch, Mark Marin, and not for nothing, the introduction's written by John Oliver. So there got you that go. too. Read the introduction in an English accent. I'm sure it will be funnier. <laughs> um, Paradox Bound by Peter Kleins. Yep. <laughs> nothing ever changes in Sanders. The town's still got a video store. So why doesn't Eli Teague want to leave? Not that he'd ever admit it, but maybe he's been waiting. Waiting for the traveler to come back, the one who's roared into his life twice before, pausing just long enough to drop tantalizing clues before disappearing in a cloud of gunfire and a squeal of tires. The one who's a walking anachronism with her tricorn hat, flintlock rifle, and steampunked Model A Ford. The one who's being pursued by something. So when the mysterious traveler finally reappears, Eli is determined that this time he's going to get some answers. But his hunt soon yields far more than he bargained for, plunging him into a headlong, dizzying world full of competing factions and figures straight out of legend. It's going to be so good. I know. Sounds amazing. Already got it on hold. Of course you do. Um... My next one is We Were Eight Years in Power, An American Tragedy by Ta-Nehisi Coates. Um, I would read a version of the phone book if Ta-Nehisi Coates wrote it. Uh, Eight Years in Power was... um, We Were Eight Years in Power was the lament of Reconstruction-era black politicians as the American experiment in multiracial democracy ended with the return of white supremacist rule in the South... Uh, this is a sweeping collection of new and selected essays, and Ta-Nehisi explores the tragic echoes of the history of our time. Uh, he basically goes into not only what happened in the past, but also he talks about how unprecedented the election of Barack Obama was, and then the backlash that fueled uh, the election of Donald Trump. And he is you you'll you'll struggle to find a more I think important. Uh, writer when it comes to American society, um, not just you know, the way that African Americans handle how they live in our society, but just people in general. Um, Tiny Easy Coats is incredible. So we were eight years in power. That's a must read, especially with everything going on in our world today. We'll leave it at that. Sort of on those same li- same lines, I have Dare Not Linger by Nelson, and- Nelson Mandela. 
The long-awaited second volume of Nelson Mandela's memoirs left unfinished at his death and never before available are here completed and expanded with notes and speeches written by Mandela during his historic presidency, making for a moving sequel to his worldwide bestseller, Long Walk to Freedom. Nelson Mandela was awesome. Yeah. Um, Speaking of awesome people... (laughs) Uh, Ron Chernow has a new biography out about Ulysses S. Grant. Uh, Ron Chernow is a Pulitzer Prize winner. He wrote the Alexander Hamilton er, documentary biography that became the inspiration for Lin-Manuel Miranda to create Hamilton. So uh, he has this ability to find information about people that we think we know a little bit about but really, there's just so much more to his life. So just parts of Ulysses S. Grant that I've already discovered just from reading the introduction of it. Um, he was really big into... Um, so in the war, Grant basically fought hard for the freedom of slaves. Um, he was pushing to end the Ku Klux Klan and was constantly fighting against them. Uh, Frederick... Douglas called them Frederick Douglass called him a vigilant firm impartial and wise protector of my race which is pretty impressive um, he also so after his presidency he got swindled by someone on Wall Street and then after that he helped he worked with Mark Twain to publish his memoirs like did, again just a few things in this like little snippet of, yeah. of the description so I'm really excited about this um Ron Chernow, like I said, he very few people do biographies anything close to what he does. So yeah, I have the last Mrs. Parrish by Liv Constantine. Um, this is sort of what you would fall into the marriage thriller genre. <laughs> uh, Amber Patterson's fed up. She's tired of being a nobody, a plain, invisible woman who blends into the background. She deserves more. Like a life of money and power like the one blonde-haired, blue-eyed goddess Daphne Parrish takes for granted. To everyone in the exclusive town of Bishop's Harbor, Connecticut, Daphne, a socialite and philanthropist, and her real estate mogul husband Jackson are a couple straight out of a fairy tale. Amber's envy could eat her alive if she didn't have a plan. (laughs) Um, So Amber kind of works her way into the family. She becomes best friends with Daphne and starts growing closer to the husband but a skeleton from her past may undermine everything nice yeah uh, my last one since we had a couple that were on both our lists uh, All the Crooked Saints by Maggie Stavider Stifighter I never know how to say her last name um, Maggie's Twitter bio is wonderful it's something like I'm a writer some of my books have been New York, New York Times bestsellers some of them have not like it's just it makes me chuckle uh, but all the crooked saints the description here's the thing everyone wants a miracle here's the thing everyone fears what it takes to get one any visitor to Bico Raro, Colorado is likely to find a landscape of dark saints forbidden love scientific dreams miracle mad owls estranged affections one or two orphans and a sky full of watchful desert stars at the heart of this place you'll find the Soria family who who have all the who all have the ability to perform unusual miracles, and at the heart of this family are three cousins longing to change its future. Beatrice, the girl without feeling, who wants only to feel free to examine her own thoughts. 
Daniel, the saint who performs miracles for everyone but himself, and Joaquim, who spends his nights running a renegade radio station under the name Diablo Diablo. They're all looking for a miracle, but the miracles are never quite what you expect. Uh, Maggie has been called a master storyteller and wildly imaginative by Entertainment Weekly. And this sounds like a very dark but redemptive story. So I'm very excited about that. I would read anything that she wrote, despite not being able to say her last name. I have two more. Um, The first is Endurance by Scott Kelly. This is the astronaut who um, spent a record-breaking year aboard the International Space Station. Um, And so this is just sort of a memoir about his experiences up there and what that was like and... Uh, sounds kind of really interesting. I imagine I can't even imagine what that would be like. No. And then the last one, which I am very excited about, which speaks a lot to me, is um, called "Member of the Family: My Story of Charles Manson, Life Inside His Cult, and the Darkness That Ended the '60s" by Diane Lake and Deborah Herman. Um, so Diane Lake was a member of the Charles Manson family, and um, she is writing about that she at the age of 14 with little more than a note in her pocket from her hippie parents granting her permission to leave them she became one of charlie's girls a devoted acolyte of cult leader charles manson over the course of two years the impressionable teenager endured manipulation psychological control and physical abuse as the harsh realities and looming darkness of charles manson's true nature revealed itself so I can think of a lot of people in our office who are going to be very excited about that. <laughs> I'm one of them as well. Um, I, it reminded there's a short story by Neil Gaiman. I can't think of the name of it, but it's in Smoke and Mirrors, his collection of short stories, uh, where he is talking about this guy goes to Hollywood. Um, he's a writer from England, you know, kind of like Neil Gaiman. And he goes to Hollywood because his book got bought to ter- be turned into a movie. And his book is all about like the effects of Charles Manson and these people who kind of like worship Charles Manson and they end up killing people similar to what happened with Charles Manson. And he keeps talking to all of these different movie executives and they get more absurd and more absurd as they go. Where it's like, it starts to like, we love it. We want you to write the treatment. And the next person's like, we really like your treatment, but we're not so happy with how dark it is. And the next <laughs> person's like, is there any way we could do away with all the stuff about that Manson family guy? And like, and like, you know, it gets more yeah. and more absurd and just talking about like, None of this is what I originally planned, right. but I just it popped in my head just because I was reading a bunch of Neil Gaiman lately. Um, anyway, I know we flew through those, but there were a lot of them, and we kind of had to. And we've already been talking for more than thirty minutes, despite like not leaving any air in this room to breathe. Yeah. So again, I, those are that's our list. Um, I want to know what everyone else is excited about because we let, we both made ourselves stop. Like There were so yeah, many more did. I wanted to add. But um, yeah, that's all of our October books. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? I, I saw it. it again. <laughs> any any thoughts on it the second time through? Still just as creepy. It's so good. Yeah. It's now the officially the highest grossing horror movie of all time. They released the date for chapter two. Mm-hmm. 2019. I know. So upsetting. I have to wait two years. Sorry. It's a lot of floating we'll be doing until then. <laughs> um, did you see the Dancing Pennywise Twitter account? No. Okay. If you guys haven't watched it yet, you can tune out at this point, but this is important. Um, there is a scene at the end when Beth. Is that her? No, it's Bev. Bev. Jesus. 
I I don't even know what I'm thinking about. Who's Beth? I have no it's idea. Beth in Stranger Things? Um, nope. I don't know. Barb anyway, in Stranger Bev. Things. <laughs> Bev. Bev. Uh, she is down where Pennywise lives, and like a door opens, and you see him dancing um, to clown music. And there is a Twitter account, I just think it's called Dancing Pennywise, where they put different music behind him and prove that Pennywise can dance to anything. So, like, there's, like, Desposito uh. and the Macarena and Who Let the Dogs Out. And it's so dumb and so funny every time. Just a little, like, 10-second clips at a time. I chuckle each time I listen to it. So. Okay. That was it. All right, that's it. That's all I had. Um, I'm so excited for all the podcasts we have coming up throughout October. A lot of really good stuff coming up. So, um, yeah. Good? Yeah. Okay, cool. I hope you guys enjoyed this October book-filled episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.